Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hey, it is Angie Austin with the good news, along with, uh, of course, producer Dave and my uh, radio friend and PR friend, Eric Raymer. And uh, my mom is here, too, but mom likes to stay quiet, so mom surely is just kind of... Uh, watching, but we might bring her in here. You know, she's doing a good job. Watching? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that cracked her up. You're she's she's her like up. a professional watcher. She's very good at watching. Yes. Yes, yes. She's a professional watcher. Uh, she's I still have, breathing? Yes, yeah, she's still breathing. Okay, I just yeah, wanted to make sure. I see her laughing over there. The eyes are open. I just didn't know if there was. It's funny. She giggles kind of like my brother giggles <laughs> just like that. All right, so uh, I have a couple of good news stories, and these uh, this one involves Chick-fil-A. And, uh, you know, recently we had, well, we've had several of these kind of deep freezes around the country. Uh, we have our affiliate down there in Birmingham. Hello, Birmingham. And apparently one of your uh, Birmingham residents that owns a Chick-fil-A uh, had heard, they closed up the Chick-fil-A uh, along Highway 280 in Birmingham, and Mark Meadows, the owner, uh, sent all of his employees home and the employees soon realized, because all of these cars were stranded on the highway, that they weren't going to be able to get home. It was like in a blizzard. Yeah, well, like a deep freeze. Oh, icy. Yeah. I don't think it takes a lot in the South to shut it down you because are, you are correct. They don't have the equipment we have, the plows, and that they don't invest in that kind of infrastructure to You're deal with snow. Right. Yeah. So a little snow, and you've got a snow day. Yep. You know. So uh, the motorists were stuck, um, some of them six, seven, eight hours or more. And so they fired up the kitchen and started preparing chicken sandwiches as fast as they could. And they prepared several hundred sandwiches. And then Meadows and his staff headed out and started distributing the hot meals to stranded motorists on both sides of Highway 280. Um, Even some school buses with kids stranded. Some of the drivers tried to pay them for the sandwiches and they would not take a single penny and Audrey Pitt, one of the managers, explained, this company is based on taking care of people and loving people before you're worried about money or profit. We were just trying to follow the model that we've all worked under for so long and the model that we've come to love. There was really nothing else uh, that we really could do to, to help them except, you know, to feed them. Wow. Yum. Yeah, so Chick-fil-A, and they weren't through with their Good Samaritan efforts. Apparently, they pushed cars off the roads and up inclines, whatever they could do to help, and they kept the restaurant open overnight so stranded motorists could have a warm place to be. A number of them slept in booths or on the benches, and then they fired the grill up again in the morning to make chicken biscuits, which are delicious, by the way. (laughs) You sound like a Chick-fil-A fan. I do love Chick-fil-A, I have to say. Oh, and they use scripture in here, too. They said uh, that Jesus spoke in Matthew 25, 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was a stranger and you gave me a Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, that's not part of this. (laughs) That is not part of this. I had the the joyful opportunity to meet Dan Cathy. Uh, who who is the owner of Chick-fil-A, the the corporate uh, entity. And what a great, humble spirit, a spirit of service that he has. 
and this is right in line with that. Yeah, I think this is part of their, you know, their motto. They're real choosy, too, about who gets to run one of their Chick-fil-A franchises. Oh, sure. It's a pretty strict vetting process. And, you know, they're they're open that they want you to be, you know, a believer to run one of their stores. Well, let's talk about another good news story that uh, Dave found. We've got some restaurant-oriented good news stories here. Uh, This is uh, a restaurant called The Red Barn. And what's the story here, Dave? Where is this? So this is in Maine. Um, it's this little restaurant. It like the pictures. It looks tiny. One little tiny tiny. Well, it's in Maine. It has to be tiny, <laughs> right? Um, so, and this lady, uh, she said that because of where her life had carried her, she felt like she was being pulled to this. So, what she does is she uses this restaurant to give back to the community. The order's ready. Done. <laughs> they may come for the seafood, but in Augusta, Maine. Hi, how are you, my love? It's Laura Benedict providing the spice and inspiration. We wanted to make a difference more than we wanted to make money. Here at the Red Barn, paying your bill means paying it forward. Because much of what owner Laura Benedict takes in, she gives back to a myriad of local charities and causes. We first met Laura this past summer, whipping up funds to send local vets to the World War II memorial. The more business I do, the more money I get back. Since then, she's raised another $300,000, bringing her total haul to $2 million. On this night, a benefit for 11-year-old David Roberts, a sixth grader battling RND, debilitating nerve pain with no cure. Don't cry. Don't, don't start. Why she do it? Because she was helped, struggling with abuse and alcoholism her whole life. I wasn't supposed to make it. Anybody that knew better knew I was headed for disaster. Then she discovered her mission was to help others. The people that I'm helping now help me. That's the the cycle of life. That's we have to keep going like this. Anytime there's a benefit, we try to make it in and uh, help the community just like she did for us. Everybody's welcome here. Everybody. Everybody. You're going to do amazing. By night's end, David and his mom Skype with customers. And more than $10,000 is in the kitty. Giving back is her bread and butter. See how much everybody loves you? Wow. Right? That is, you you love the, the whole spirit of pay it forward. Right? She's making a difference. She's she's reaching out. She's taking care of a young young man now who has a, a debilitating disease with no hope of, of you know, aside sure. from, from an intervention of the Lord and healing, no hope of a cure. And uh, and I love it, you know, everybody's welcome. Everybody. Everybody. She's not a quitter either. She uh, she veered dangerously close to bankruptcy multiple times. She's had more than one car repossessed. At one point, she rode her bicycle 17 miles to and from work and had her mobile home dragged off of its blocks by repossessors. Ugh. She couch surfed with friends and family members, cleaning in exchange for a place to stay. To stay. And she talks about this red barn, how it was a barn. It was a, car, a cow barn turned into a dairy bar frying up seafood with a breading recipe that her brother had picked up at a local drive-in. And so this is she's one of 10 kids. Wow. And they'd really struggled. They lived in what, you know, these, in Maine, they have these fishing camps. And they lived, the family of 12, in kind of a rustic fishing camp. And her dad, you know, worked a couple of jobs to help support the family. That, that Apparently things went really south when he started drinking. And so I guess... She, 
I just admire that she's never given up. And now, I mean, how many million? Two million two, that two she's million, donated? Two million dollars. That's amazing for a woman that lost everything. It sounds like multiple times that she's now donated two million to help others, that her, her, her calling is to help others. I feel like that story is made for uh, for us. <laughs> it's like exactly the kind of story we love sharing here. You know, I, I used to be in the uh, in the restaurant industry, and uh, if you are in ownership uh, of a restaurant, you know that the margins are not that big. I mean, you've got a five percent margin, maybe. Uh, yeah, and and so you know you're you're not making money hand over fist, but apparently there's enough support in her community to you know they come they eat and then uh and then she in turn reciprocates by well, and hasn't her business picked up as well because I'm people sure. know all the good work she yeah. does so uh, you know it's really helped increase it's, her it's business. a cyclical thing right and, and i think that is brilliant you know angie i, I just i love i love the concept of paying it forward I, did you ever see the movie or read the book pay it forward so, that, that's a great movie. It's a Is great it? movie. Uh, I read the book and then went and watched the movie. And, and it's about a little boy who had this notion of uh, he just wanted to do what some people call random acts of kindness. I tend to, to dismiss the, the word random. I say they're intentional acts of kindness because it's not an accident. It's not yeah. random. You're yeah. intending to do something, a blessing. Um, but this little boy uh, goes out and, and pays it forward by doing these acts of kindness for people and in the end spoiler alert uh it's it's been out for 20 some years right so uh in, in the end the little boy uh is just killed and oh, but uh, i hate that yeah, it's it's a horrible thing when when angel and i started experience pros and we started fan bragging friday in the business community we wanted it to be the same thing pay it forward tell us what who what companies are getting it right this this red barn is exactly one of those to say, you know, let's celebrate that instead of bemoaning something horrible. You know, we were over, uh, this is a much bigger, and I, I know you've got a little sweet yeah. little Taco Bell story. We were at the Gaylord Rockies, um, and we've been twice. And, you know, they've only been open a couple of months, so right. they've got all these employees and trying to do the right thing. This isn't a small business, but there's a lot of pressure on them. So we were at a fairly expensive uh, restaurant within the uh, uh, place. Grandma and Grandpa took us to the Asian restaurant inside of the Gaylord, and our waiter must have made a mistake. Well, I'll tell you what really what ultimately happened with our main course as a couple of us because everyone was served and my son was even done with his meal and my, my husband and I hadn't gotten our food yet. Well, oh Grandpa's still waiting for us. He's old school. He's going to wait. So he calls the waiter over and he Before said... Before he eats. Yeah, yeah, we've been waiting for quite some time. The kids are almost done with their food and we haven't gotten the main courses. My husband and I hadn't... And there were seven of us. Wow. And uh, he said, well, that's how we serve it here, family style. It comes out when it's done. And so oh. my grandpa then sees the manager, and he calls her over and said, explain to me why the kids are now finishing up their meals and their parents still don't have their main courses. Right. And uh, so, and we're talking probably like a three, $400 dinner type place sure. you know, for seven people, for yeah. seven people. Um, and she really, I mean, she was nervous. She was like, well, um, we're working on that and we, it is kind of family style, but, um, your main entrees, like they, they probably, they should, they probably should come out together. So then about, well, I'd say 10 more minutes and we, 
he came back to the table to like get the order straight. That's when I realized he really hadn't placed our order. So um, he was kind of trying to figure out what was missing. So I told him to try to help him out because he looked so nervous. Yeah. Well, then um, he came back later and grandpa's, he's intimidating. He was a union president. He's got a really deep voice. He's well over six feet tall, like my husband. And uh, he calls him over. He goes, hey, he said, just tell me what really happened. And he said, I, I, forgot, I messed up. I didn't place the orders. It. He owned it. And Grandpa said, no problem. I talked to your manager. Do I need to talk to, to her to make this right? Mistakes happen. He left him a 20% tip. And uh, he told him he didn't have to take the entrees off our bill, which I think they did. I didn't check. They but should. Yeah, I think so. When it's yeah. that, you know, when everybody's done eating, basically, when you get your food. But um, it, the honesty, I thought, was really good. Yeah. And I have to say that, you know, as new as it is, and they're working out all the kinks, that's a big place to open and work oh, out yeah. all the kinks. Yeah. Like, they do a deal for, and they're they're not advertising with me. I'm just telling you the, sure. the local deal for Colorado residents. It's like $169, which is significantly cheaper than their regular rack right. rate. And, yeah, you have to pay for parking and some other things. But they've got great pools, indoor and outdoor, and slides for the kids. It's and like it's a water a great, park, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. great, like, little local getaway for families when their kids are off or whatever for the weekend. Well, and, and I'm, I, I hope that they took the, the bill down, right? I think um, they probably did. If, if, they, if they would do it right, uh, my, my world is if we, if we didn't serve you with 100% service and, and, and give you uh, what you were expecting – uh, that's on me, and I will absorb the cost of that. You shouldn't have to. Uh, but from a $300 meal to a $3.50 meal, uh, Taco Bell is uh, in the news today for in Syracuse, New York, Taco Bell worker puts hundreds of notes into their orders in order just in order to brighten the customers' days. Listen really? to this. Um, in a, approaching the counter of Syracuse's Taco Bell, Kelly Stewart is there radiating positivity, ready to take your order. Fast food uh, is known for being exactly that, fast, right? But within the few minutes of receiving and delivering an order, this Kelly Stewart takes an extra moment to deliver what she hopes is a smile. And she writes, handwrites on the back of uh, one of those little tray liners. She hands handwrites things from uh, notes from uh, quotes from Mark Twain, Albert Einstein, Vincent Van Gogh, uh, wow, she or, put some or thought in, personal, not just like a smiley face, or personal notes. This one here reads: uh, "For my part, I know nothing with any certainty, but the sight of the stars makes me dream." Vincent Van Gogh with a heart. Wow! And just you know, just a little a, a drop of joy. Instead of uh, what you normally expect through uh, a fast food uh, restaurant. And I thought, you know, that, that's kind of cool. When asked why she does it, she says, I've grown from experiences and hardships in my life. I just want to give back. That's cute. Right? Don't you think that's sweet? I think that's awesome. I think I wish there was more people that would do stuff like that. Yeah. It's just funny because I was thinking when he first brought it up, I'm like, I could see myself getting Taco Bell and never seeing that note because I just would – Devour all the food without even seeing the wrappers, like ah, and then throw it away and everything. Right, you know, and that's an entire pos- You know, she, she maybe could I should th- slow down a little bit. Well, you know, I think a lot of times our kindness goes uh, unnoticed in in many ways because we are in this this fast paced. Uh, let's just get on with the next thing. Whether you're digging through the bag of your Taco Bell or uh, you know working the day to day in life, and uh, here's another one of those notes that. Uh, she leaves. She says, uh, "Learn from yesterday, live for today, hope from tomorrow. Hope for tomorrow. The important thing is to not stop 
questioning. That's written by Albert Einstein. And uh, always a little heart at the bottom. You know, it's interesting because, you know, uh, the kids are such a work in progress as you're raising them to be kind. And uh, Dave's kids are, you know, a tiny still, you know, four and five, right? Right. And uh, mine are elementary, middle, and uh, Eric's are raised. And mom's kids who is here are my age, you know. So we've got pretty much every generation of kids covered here. Uh, but uh, sometimes you can't tell what's happening with them when they're with their siblings because, you know, they're not always on their best behavior with their siblings. I think I told you Riley started, um, my uh, middle schooler started volunteering uh, at school because his Sunday school teacher had said that there was a special needs kid that really um, was, Riley was the only one that really could get him to listen. And he was so helpful with the kids. They asked if he would help out every week. And then um, my daughter, who's 11, asked if she could help out every week as well. And so I got an email because they, they had to miss a day of church with the in-laws here. And the uh, woman handling the, uh, the kids' pastor, she wrote, um, just want you to know your kids are both seriously so fantastic and Hope is newer. So she wrote, Hope was especially helpful with a special needs girl this past Sunday. She had the best week ever. I think the, uh, this had a great deal to do with Hope's connection with her. Both of your kids are gifted when it comes to helping those who need extra attention, uh, quality surely placed in them uh, through Jesus himself. And she, um, the special needs kids, they because of my relationship with some of the ARC ambassadors and with ARC in general, that sure. I don't just shop at ARC because they have great deals. I also support them because what they do for the differently abled community. Absolutely. But the kids have gone to events with me and know some of the ambassadors, and I think they feel a kinship with them, and they're not afraid of kids who are different. Yeah, instilled by Christ and also modeled by mom and dad. Uh, in, I in so. every, I see it. It, it's, it sounds fairly evident. Well, I'm just glad that uh, they're getting so much joy out of helping the kids at church. And Miss Patty is one of the Sunday school teachers, and she's so neat. The kids have always loved having her, and she's the one that initially asked for my son. And when I came to get him the other day, she said, all the teachers are like, who is this kid? He is great. He's so helpful. He's so wonderful. And I don't know if your kids started doing this, but when she was saying this and thanking Riley, he wasn't looking her in the eye. And I know a lot of kids now on devices, they don't look people in the eye. And Riley's always looked people in the eye. So I said, oh, we're not going to start that, are we? We've got to look people in the eye when they talk to you it's a sign of respect and yeah. that you're listening you know yeah. so it's interesting i i just wonder what kind of impact these devices are going to have on these kids now that they're so prevalent i mean everyone on my um, daughter's elementary school bus yep. uh, had a phone pretty much except for her and two other boys yeah i had uh, a friend who uh, waited until his daughter was, I believe, 15 years old before she got her cell phone and 15 is you know middle of high school yeah, it's it, old these days to get one. It's old these days to get one. And her brother, who is uh, five years younger, um, boy, he was pushing and pushing. As soon as his 15-year-old sister got it, at nine, he, he wanted uh, he, he wanted his. And, you know, you got to wait, you got to wait, you got to wait. And they ended up breaking down and giving it to him when he was 12. Uh, but And, of course, you, you can sense the tension in the family, right? Because now the girl feels hard done by. He got it when I was 12. I had to right, wait until I was 15. Right, right, right. And we're talking about technology in your hand that's, that's stronger than the ship that took us to the moon. Unbelievable. Right. That they have access to now. It really is. I do have that app. In fact, if I did it right now, you would see my kids call me within a minute or two because they're out with their grandparents and... Uh, 
Grandpa put a moratorium on the phones. He said that they could have them in the car, but not, um, you know, in, while they're shopping or eating dinner and things like that. He yeah. makes them leave them. But if they're in their hands in the car right now, and, and I go on to this, I use the Hour Packed, yeah. the ACT app, and I can turn off all the kids' apps, uh, and uh. they lose their minds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we do it all the time. We turn them off all the time when it's homework time and other times during the you know, school day, et cetera. I turn it off, and they lose. You can that, hear that the kind of power should not be in anyone's hands. Oh, they hate this app. It's the best app ever for a parent because then all they have, they have a dumb phone then. It's a twinkle in your eye. Yeah, all they can do is text and make phone calls then. So it becomes like a flip phone. If they have a text, yeah, go to your room. That's all right. <laughs> they can still text. Yeah, that's about it. That's what they can do. Wow. All right, you're listening to the good news. Eric, give them your PR website. PRmediacoach.com if you need a website, if you need fame, if you just want people to find you in your business, prmediacoach.com. prmediacoach.com if you want people to know about your business and he builds great websites or helps you out with one that maybe isn't working so well. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your spring days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Estes Park Center, we love spring in the Rockies. This year, YMCA spring break activities start on March 8th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies spring break. Get out there and enjoy some springtime hiking and activities like wildlife and ecology classes, guided hikes into Rocky Mountain National Park, or even fun and entertaining bug classes for the kids. YMCA Estes Park is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your spring break with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures. At YMCA of the Rockies, go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Well, hello, hello. This is producer Dave. Welcome back to The Good News with Angie Austin. Uh, This is the next episode I have in my series of all these great authors and speakers that I've been talking to, all these PR people that that I talked to, particularly Don Otis. Shout out to Don. You're the best. Um, Johanna is also great. She's the one who set this up today. Um, But today uh, I, I have a very important topic to talk about. We're coming up on the 100th year anniversary of our national park system. Um... February 26th is the 100th year since President Woodrow Wilson put in the act uh, to to make the national parks, and it changed 
our country ever since then. Um, it's been a great way to build revenue. It's been a great way for to attract tourists. But more importantly, it has preserved lands in a way that otherwise maybe developing could have destroyed this. Um, but luckily, we have this national park system in place, and we have all these wonderful, amazing places to go. And today, we're going to be talking to Stephen Nash. He's a representative for the national park system. He wrote a book called Grand Canyon for Sale, Public Lands versus Private Interests in the Era of Climate Change. And he's here to talk to uh, not only about the 100th year anniversary, about how we can celebrate, but also how what we can do and how we can get involved in helping to preserve these wonderful natural resources. Hello. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm doing very well. Nice Great. to talk with you. Yes, thanks for being on the show. Why don't you tell us uh, who you are, what you do at the National Park System, and then um, you know how you came to writing this book. I do the same thing at the National Park System that you and your listeners do. I visit national parks and enjoy them. So I'm not an employee of the uh, NPS. I'm a journalist, actually, and I teach at the University of Richmond and write for um, several different publications. This book came about uh, after a visit to Grand Canyon. I was one of six million people a year that uh, visited there, and I was there with a great nephew. We had a wonderful backpacking trip, but I began to hear from science staff there about all of the challenges that the canyon faces and all of the whole national park system. Now, what kind of challenges are we talking about, like um, things that are happening that are destroying it, things that are happening that are unnatural? Because, I mean, the canyon itself came from a river carving into the canyon. Is it that continuous or something else and more dangerous? You know, the the, uh, the rocks of the canyon, those beautiful calendar shots, those are eternal for all practical purposes, and they, they will always be there to enjoy. But our national park system was founded also to preserve the plants and the animals and the natural systems that were beginning to disappear from American life very quickly 100 years ago. And that system of plants and animals, that ecological system that we all cherish and that our great-grandparents fought to protect from industrialization and other kinds of uses, um, that's what's in jeopardy. And it's not just Grand Canyon, it's every park in the system. We had to push back 100 years ago um, against making private uses of these wonderful public resources uh, and treating them like a private piggy bank. And uh, instead, they were protected. Well, that fight is still on our hands. And right now, um, we're on the losing end of protecting the parks and, and federal public lands. But there is still hope that uh, the, we can preserve these places so that we can keep them uh, nice and amazing for future generations, though, right? Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. Again, it's, it's a sort of a portfolio, a legacy, an inheritance that we got from people 100 years ago, Teddy Roosevelt kind of people, people like um, um, our ancestors would have been uh, who, who could see the value in these natural lands. So here's the opportunity, uh, and it surprised me to learn about this. One-third of the American landscape is federal public lands. It's national forests and wildlife refuges, wilderness areas, and rangelands. And that's a fantastic opportunity. We have to cope with climate change. Climate change is going to be pushing the plants and animals in Grand Canyon and every other national park north very, very rapidly. If they have places to migrate to, if they have these wonderful natural lands, these public lands that we all own to go to, then we'll be in good shape. But instead, 
at an accelerating rate. We're using them for oil and gas developments and coal mines and logging and grazing um, and other industrial uses very, very quickly in the last couple of years. And so they'll be broken up and they won't be available for that climate adaptation. Well, that it, it seems pretty dire. There are some things that we can do, and there's ways that we can get interested in that uh, and, and, and kind of uh, participate in, you know, making sure that our voices are heard so that other people uh, can, can, you know, help preserve this and so that this doesn't happen, right? Exactly right. And, you know, it's no more dire than it was 100 years ago okay. when the park system was created and when Grand Canyon National Park was created. Uh, it was citizens like you and me who got interested. Uh, there are lots of established conservation groups now that are part of this battle, and it's not at all difficult to, uh, to join in with their efforts. It's not as simple as voting once every four years or just writing your congressperson once in a while. Um, it's going to take the kind of backbone and principle um, that really Americans are unanimous about. It's not a partisan issue. It's something that we all support, the national parks and public lands. Right. I couldn't agree more. It's something that crosses. I mean, everybody gets something from this. It's some of the most beautiful places in the world. I think it was Walt Whitman that said the beauty of the Grand Canyon bankrupts the English language. I think that's uh, says it all. You know, and I think <laughs> that's, it's uh, that's a beautiful way of saying it just because um, I mean, it's not just the Grand Canyon. I mean, right here in Colorado, we have the Rocky Mountain National Park. One of our favorite places, YMCA of the Rockies, is right there in Rocky Mountain National Park. It's a beautiful, amazing, pristine. I've never seen anything as amazing as Rocky Mountain National Park. And that also is under the same threat as the Grand Canyon. And <clears throat> what you're talking about, too, uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, to fight against making it like a personal piggy bank, kind of going back on that idea if you think about it, the you know being a third of the land, it probably draws a lot of money. I mean, we're talking in the billions, probably. We are, uh, and uh, some of those uses have been around for quite a while, and some of them can be accommodated responsibly. The problem is that uh, the current administration, just in December, declared that there's going to be a 30% increase in logging on public land. And since uh, two years ago, since that election, oil and gas drilling on public lands has tripled. Uh, the idea is that you can have everything, that you can have the beauty uh, and the, the sustaining natural health of these public lands and also use them for these really, really um, driving industrial purposes. Well, that's just not the case. You know, uh, Yellowstone National Park is tucked way up in the northwest corner of Wyoming. Uh, by the middle of this century, or a little past, climate physicists told me that in their projections, um, Yellowstone is going to be down at the latitude of northern Utah in terms of its climate. And by the end of the century, it's going to be in southern Utah, a lot hotter and potentially a lot drier. If we don't keep public lands open, all of those natural systems just won't have any place to go. We have to consolidate them and protect them uh, in order for that to happen, put a higher level of protection on all the public lands. Instead, there's this move to bust them up and sell them off to private interests. I mean, that's uh, it seems, you know, this is 
Sorry, you you. It's just astounding to me how uh, how how bad it it all sounds. Um, you're you, so you're listening to the good news with uh, Angie Austin. This is producer Dave. I'm talking with Stephen Nash about his book Grand Canyon for Sale: Public Lands versus Private Interests in the Era of Climate Change. Uh, we're talking about how things we can do or the kind of the threats that are facing our national park system and things that are happening not only from the climate but also from corporations and kind of private interests versus uh you know public lands versus preservation and it's got we've got a lot to do and there's our voices need to be heard now this is not a new battle this is something that's been going on for a hundred years this year on the 26th coming up a hundred years we've been fighting this battle and it's something that we should all stand up and talk about i think and um i i think that you know some of the places in the united states i know that you know the United States is one of the most popular places in the entire world for tourists to come to see natural landscapes and to come see places like Rocky Mountain National Park, uh, to say to see places like Yellowstone and Yosemite, to see places like the Grand Canyon. And it's very important that we preserve these places and we keep them going and that we, uh, you know, we have a place that we can preserve and protect. The Bible says we're supposed to be stewards of this planet. We're stewards of the land to make sure that everything stays healthy and happy. And and this is part of that job. You know, I like to stick with that good news theme. The good news is that we all just inherited in our generation a million square miles of federal public land. That belongs to all of us. The bad news is that some people are trying to steal it. They're in a minority, but they have a lot of power and a lot of money. Um, It's just going to take all of us, as many as possible, getting involved because most of us don't realize that this threat exists. But the superintendent of Grand Canyon National Park told me on a hike out of the bottom of the canyon, he said, what it's going to take is for people to learn that the parks are in trouble and to get in touch with Congress and raise hell. That's a direct quote from him. The chief scientist told me our voices are going to have to rise loud enough so that even deaf people can hear. Right. I mean, I I think we should all be screaming this. We should all. And this is an important issue that we that a lot of us really do not know about that we don't think about. I mean, because you're not thinking about the national park system unless you're pulling up, trying to go for a ride with the family, you know, into one of the parks. Um, and you don't think of you know that it would be closed or that it'd be endangered, and then when you see how endangered it really is, or when you listen to you and you read the book, The Grand Canyon for Sale: Public Lands versus Private Interests in the Era of Climate Change, you see some of these threats that we're facing. However, like you said, there is good news. We can. There is a growing political movement, and there's a lot of people out there shouting these, uh, shouting this message, so that those people can hear. We can't, and that extra land won't be taken care you know taken advantage of or you know ir- you know destroyed yeah we we've, we've got to keep public lands in in public hands and anybody who's interested um, can take a look at the website grandcanyonforsale.com and get instantaneous further information you don't have to buy this book <laughs> i know you know that already it's a great book but that's not what's at issue What's at issue is just learning uh, where the trouble is coming from and then connecting with somebody who's trying to do something about it. And there are a lot of those people. Right. And so and I would suggest because we're in Colorado here, maybe start with the Rocky Mountain National Park. That's a good place because they're all connected. But the Rocky Mountain National Park would be the closest one. And then they could maybe connect you with the Grand Canyon and every and the people there and uh, go to I said, what was that website again? 
GrandCanyonForSale.com. GrandCanyonForSale.com. Go ahead. I have stayed over with my kids at that YMCA years ago in Rocky Mountain National Park. It is absolutely a splendid place. It's a high elevation park, and those are the ones that are going to be feeling the climate change the quickest. So it's as good an example as Grand Canyon or any of the other national parks. 90% of the national parks, according to the most recent research I read, are already feeling uh, as early as 20 or 30 years ago the effects in rising temperatures. And, of course, we're seeing a lot of wildfires in places like Colorado, which is due in part to climate change. Right. And so, I mean, that's just another thing that we should all be paying attention to. Um, you know, we should we, we need to preserve our planet. We need to do everything we can and follow all of the things that we should do so that we can preserve and protect our planet and this beautiful land that we have. Um, the best way to do that is to get involved. Um, like we said, go to Grand Canyon for sale dot com dot com and go and find yeah. out. And find out where you can go and what you can do and a lot of the things that uh, that and ways that you can get involved. Um, also, as a way to celebrate this hundredth year anniversary of the establishment of the of the national park system and um, and you know go visit if if it's been a while since you've been up there go visit now go see go see it while you can go see it. Um, you know, go see what we're protecting and go see how important it is. Um, so any, uh, any th last words that you got for us today, uh, about what we can do or where we can go or, you know, uh, anything, any other message that you'd like to convey so that we can all spread this word. It's wonderful to have an opportunity to talk to folks in Colorado because I'm keenly aware as are you of just how, uh, recreation oriented and nature oriented the people in Colorado are. So I know that this message is, uh, is not falling on deaf ears, but that's true across America. When they, when they do these surveys of public support for national parks uh, and for natural systems, it's, it's way over the top kind of support. Nobody disagrees with this. It doesn't matter what party you're, you're part of or which candidate you like. We all support national parks. So it shouldn't be too hard once we kind of link arms to push back with a good result. Right. I completely agree. This is something that we can all get behind. It doesn't matter who you are or what you believe in as far as politically. We all know that we need to preserve these amazing natural resources and these amazing, uh, you know, these natural lands where they're some of the most beautiful places in the world. And we have them right here in our backyard. We get to enjoy them all the time and we can't let them go to waste. We can't let them get destroyed. Thank you so much, Stephen, for being on the show today. Um, it's been great. This is such an important message and we really appreciate you being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Nice to talk with you. Nice to talk with you too. And everybody, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with some more good news. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every well, month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love... 
Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks, that's Rejuvenation on the ROX.com to start your cool sculpting package. And be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal. Hello, hello, this is producer Dave. Uh, welcome back to the good news wanted to thank you all for being here this is a really great time i'm gonna take this opportunity now um now that we've had our friend eric reamer on the show for a while all we're right. learning a little bit more about him every single day i know i know um <laughs> um eric so when i first started working in radio eric had just left i mean and i heard of left the legend. this network of this, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I heard of the legend. I, you know, there, there was a definitely a, a vapor trail left behind. Easy now, no was, vapor, no vapor. <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, you know, it's like it's like a, a, a stone into a, a still pond. You know, you just those waves just keep going. Um, no, but I had heard about you, and I know uh, at, at, over the years of talking to new clients, talking to people, a lot of people remember Experience Pros and you and yeah. Angel, and they they remember you, and you do so much. And uh, actually, it's it's I'm really glad that you came back into my life, just because you. Uh, you know, you do so much as you kind of inspired me a little bit, of, you know, to expand Whoa. myself and my and my brand, uh, you know, and kind of, uh, you know, just try to don't be stuck in the same place all the time. You Whoa. do so many different things. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate yes, no that. problem. And I'm glad you've joined the Good News crew just because um, it's nice to, you know, have more voices. And I think it's really fun having you around. So but you also. I guess I've heard this rumor um, that you careful of rumors are also a magician. Explain this to me. I know not a lot of Christian magi muse, uh, uh, magicians out there. Yeah, and you you almost stepped into exactly what uh, what we normally hear when using the word magician. Of course, uh, the Bible says magic is bad, and so I, I make it a quick point to uh, clarify for anyone listening that I have nothing to do with what the Bible calls magic. Magic, according to the Bible, is witchcraft and sorcery and drug induced psychosis and the dark arts and supernatural spooky spiritual boogity boogity stuff i have nothing to do with any of those things i use usual objects in unusual ways to create uh, a message to set a theme to give you a visual that goes along with it it's not not much different than uh i think it's uh, matthew 13 35 where it says jesus spoke exclusively using the use of parables right uh i use parables and i use visual parables uh, that many people use. I like to use the word illusion. It's a trick for your eyes. Right. So you're kind of like carrot top for pastors. Easy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, no mess going to happen on the stage. Okay. Uh, no, but I heard uh, I heard that it's pretty incredible. I mean, you did a couple of tricks for Angie that one day yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but you get up there and you use these illusions, these kind of tricks. Right. These uh, optic they're, they're more like optic uh, things, right? And yep. they, and then you share a message. What is the what's the message? Well, and, uh... it, it depends on what the message of the day or the moment is. So, like any other pastor, uh, I would put together a sermon of sorts, and for each point of the sermon, we would illustrate that 
with uh, an illusion. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the things that I used to do was uh, I had a seven-foot guillotine, right? And we used this in the format of a game show called Life or Death. <laughs> it's the game show with ultimate consequences. And I played the game show host, Lou C. Fur. And we'd bring on the pastor, and the pastor would have to ask a qu- or answer a question. If he got the answer right, he gets anything he wants. If he gets the answer wrong, too bad, and off with his head. And, of course, uh, the, the way the music and the theme and the drama, it's, it's highly entertaining, not scary for uh, those, those little children. I, I perform for families, millions of, of people all around the world. And in the end, just as the, uh, the, the blade is about ready to drop on this pastor who couldn't get the answer right, uh, the show's interrupted, and somebody runs down the aisle and says, wait, 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 you can't have a game show without more than one guest. I want to play the game. And, of course, I'm, I'm distracted. I don't want to do this. I've got to execute the punishment, if you will. And, in fact, uh, they insist. It's usually a young lady who runs down the, uh, the aisle. And when I allow them to play the game, they actually get the answer right. And they have a choice of anything they want. I say, all right, make it quick. Let's hurry it up. And they choose to take the pastor's place. And that is a beautiful illustration. The pastor goes down, sits down. The, the blade goes through the neck, and no, nobody gets hurt. That's how we know it's just a trick, right? Uh, but the, the illustration is clear that Christ jumped into our world. We deserve separation. We deserve death, eternal death, separation from the Lord. And yet... She jumps in and takes care of that in in place of Christ. Right, that's pretty cool. So you have a show coming up, though, I too, do. right? And you're going to do this for a group of people. I uh, do, and it's it's not necessarily with a gospel uh, venue, uh, and there's no big grand stage illusions. But if you want to join me on March 23rd at 7 p.m. at the uh, location in Centennial called Water to Wine, it's at the intersection of County Line and University in Centennial, Colorado. It's twenty dollars each, and I came out of retirement. I'd been retired for 18 years, and I decided to, to do this again. I did it in December of last year, sold the place out. We expect to sell out again this time. There's 80 tickets, and they're on sale for $20. Come check me out on social media, or we'll have Angie post the link to the tickets as well. Well, thank you very much, and everyone, go see that show. It's going to be amazing. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.